0: Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast. I'm Haley Luckadoo, educator, website designer, wedding planner, and big dreamer, who took a hobby business born out of a college dorm room and turned it into a successful multi-business empire. I run on hard work and Dr. Pepper, and if it comes in pink, you better believe I want it. This podcast is for women in almost any industry, who want the resources and inspiration to do what sets their soul on fire. I'll interview women who are exceptional at what they do to bring you the tools and knowledge that you need to succeed and to create the life you dream of. Welcome back to another episode of Females on Fire. Everybody is going to love this one today because we are talking all about Instagram stories and we know everybody loves those. So today we have with us designer and digital strategist, Quinn Tempest. And she recently did a speaking engagement at the Digital Summit, all about harnessing the power of Instagram stories, which is what she's gonna be talking about today. And we are so excited to get her advice and expertise on this platform that we all love to use. So Quinn, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you.
1: Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here and especially to talk about one of my favorite things in life and business, which is Instagram.
0: Yes, I think it is one of all of our favorite things. I know I definitely enjoy it. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. So first of all, just tell everybody, you know, where did you come from? How did you get into working as a digital strategist? And what's your story?
1: Yeah, so I actually started off my career wanting to be an actress, actually. So I am from Phoenix. That's where I'm calling from today. It's my hometown. But I never, ever wanted to stay here. I just had no inclination to be in my hometown for a long time. So I really set my sights on los angeles the city of stars i figured you know i want to be an actress that's the place for me to be so i went out there i went to college got a theater degree and pretty quickly after i graduated i came to the realization that i didn't really want to be an actress i mean i wanted to act i love stage acting and theater acting but The LA world was more about film and TV and about those close-up emotional shots. And I was really all about embodiment on stage. So I also knew I didn't want to be a waitress for my whole kind of career right out of college. And I decided to try my hand at digital marketing. I kind of said to myself, you know, it's very similar to acting. There's an audience, there's a message, and there's almost, in a sense, performance. So I got my first job in LA, in the South Bay of LA, so kind of in uh, the beach areas, which was a very fun lifestyle. And I started working for an event marketing agency out there. So I basically got thrown in as an intern. I ended up doing hashtag all the things, basically learning everything from contracts to marketing to sales to event production. And we really worked a lot with uh, the alcohol industry, which was interesting because that was never something I really saw myself doing. But I learned a lot about consumer products and really how to create experiences that would sell a product and reach a certain target audience. But really, my passion has always been more in a sustainable lifestyle. So I started my own little section and department of the company for natural foods and beverages. And I was able to get really good at sales. I was able to, you know, Create a lot of uh, interesting experiential marketing campaigns for clients like pop chips, which was super tasty different natural beverages and I basically just learned everything about running a business. After all, it was a pretty small business. So I had my hand in every single part of the company but with that experience I ended up unfortunately burning out really, really hard. I worked so long and I worked so hard that I, I felt like I just lost myself, to be honest. I didn't know what I was passionate about anymore. I didn't even know if I cared about this job. I just had really no sense of passion and no sense of purpose. And I remember specifically during this time, I, I used to ride my bike a lot on the weekend. I would kind of shun my car on the weekend and just ride up and down to Venice Beach and Santa Monica. And there was a moment where I took the curb a little bit the wrong way. So I didn't quite go perpendicular. I went parallel to the curb, which if you ride a bike, you know that's a recipe for disaster. And unfortunately, I fell hard and I just slammed my leg really really badly on the concrete. And I remember getting up and just not feeling anything. And that was scary. I didn't feel an adrenaline rush. I didn't feel emotion. I almost didn't even feel the pain, even though I could see the blood coming down my leg and a bruise starting to form. And I think that was really the moment where I realized whatever I'm doing or whatever I'm not doing is just not working. And really from that moment on, I had to reassess everything. And also during that time, unfortunately, I landed in the hospital and I, I, they told me I had mono, which is the kissing disease, which yeah, maybe I kissed a little too, a few too many boys, but I think it was really from the overexhaustion, overwork um, from my job. So really from that moment and from those experiences, which were so horrible at the time, I'm really thankful for them because they led me to the path that I am on now. And from there, I decided, you know, I'm going to move back to Phoenix. I didn't want to be here, but I went ahead and I came back just to recuperate, just to see, you know, what am I passionate about? What can I do in this world? And do I even, can I even regain this sense of meaning and excitement that I used to have? So I moved back in with my parents, (laughs) never something that you want to do. Um, I took basically a year off and lived off my savings with their support of course as well and I just knew that the only thing that I felt a glimmer of excitement about was yoga. so I enrolled in a yoga teacher training program. it was a pretty intense one that was a full year long program and I just devoted myself to that and What came out of that experience was much more than just learning how to do poses or learning how to teach poses. It was really a sense of belonging in myself again, of understanding that I did have something to provide to this world that was beyond my depression and beyond my lack of feeling. And that I started to gain back a sense of joy through becoming more mindful of really how my mind and how all of our minds can dictate our actions and our behaviors and in our sense, in a sense, our whole reality. And so during that year of exploration and kind of a deep dive into my my personhood, I also started to toy with the idea of starting my own business. I knew I was no good at being an employee. Uh, You know, I overworked myself, I had no boundaries. And so I said, you know, what would be the best outlet for me? And the answer that came along was I wanted to try my hand at creating my own business and becoming an entrepreneur. Now, I didn't really know what that meant. You know, a lot of people kind of start to become an entrepreneur because they have this grand vision. And really, for me, it was out of an act of desperation of I don't really know how to be employed. So let me try this other route. So, the only ideas I had were I wanted to combine something with my design background, as well as an expertise I had gained in digital marketing over the years. Because for years I was designing my own websites, I was running my own blogs, I just loved the digital space. And so I just went into it with that something with design, something with marketing, and let's see what happens. So, I ended up getting my very first client at a coffee bean in Phoenix. <laughs> I remember I was sitting there and this guy was on the phone, clearly looking around for a pen to write something down that someone was telling him on the other line. And so I was observant. I noticed that I had a pen and I said, oh, hey, you know, I whispered to him since he was on the phone, would you like this pen? He grabbed it. And then after his call, he came over and said, thank you. And we just got to talking. And really with all of that, he became my first design client. He asked me what my hourly rate was. I made something up that sounded good. And he said, great, when can you start? And so he was my first client. I did some product design for him. And then it just ended up really growing from there based on referrals, based on more coffee shop, uh, rendezvous, I guess you could say. And that was, I think, eight years ago. And since then, I have been running my own business. Uh, where I help mainly entrepreneurs and small businesses uncover their unique purpose and then bring that to life online. So that could be branding, logo design, web design, digital strategy, Instagram strategy, personal branding. It's basically all of these tools that we can use to communicate our unique purpose in the world. So that's what I do. I help my clients do that. And really where I am now is I speak a lot, I teach, I do all my services, and I'm really looking forward to the future where I can do all of that in a more meaningful and impactful way. So that's my story. It's It's been a long ride, a long journey, but it's been the most meaningful thing that I could have gone through. And now I'm trying to take everything that I learned in my experiences and infuse that into something that can help other people uncover their guiding intention for both their life and their business and then infuse that into everything they do.
0: I love how passionate you are. I think that <laughs> I I just I noticed that through the entire time you were talking you just sound so excited about oh. everything that you do and I love that because I think so often and this is what I love so much about your story It's just, I think so often people are like, oh, I want to be in business for myself. I want to be an entrepreneur. And they don't really know what that looks like, which mm-hmm. is very similar to your story. But I love that you took like, okay, this is what worked for me as an employee. And this is what didn't work in my life. And how can I You know, go forward on those principles, and so I I love that you just—I mean—you found your first client in a coffee shop, just (laughs) on a whim, and and you built a really major business out of it, and have been super successful with it. So I I always love hearing other women's stories of how they got to where they are because they're all so different, Mm -hmm. but they all end in these really successful, powerful businesses. And so it's always so much fun just to hear, you know, the backstory—the part that people don't necessarily see because everybody sees you you know, on Instagram or they see your website and they're like, oh, she's so successful. She built this business and you don't see the part where you crashed into a curb. So, right. <laughs> so I, I love just hearing these sort of backstories and and kudos to you for realizing that, you know, being an employee and overworking yourself wasn't working out for you. I know I can relate to that exhaustion and I know a lot of us can. And so I give you props for knowing that it was time for you to step out of that That place and go do something else because a lot of people can't say that they ever did that.
1: Yeah, I think it's accessible for all of us to become more mindful of those little signals that our life gives us. And it's just waiting for us to hear it and then also waiting for us to take action with it. And I think when I started my business, like I said, I really didn't have a grand plan. It was almost just out of this idea that I couldn't be employed for a while just so I could recover and regain. A sense of self and I think the passion that you're probably hearing over this call is that I feel like I've been able to build on these bad experiences and these hurtful experiences and learn the lessons from them and then infuse that into an actual action plan like now I don't feel aimless at all now I have a very clear vision of what I want to build and that's because of the experiences I have gone through so I'm excited for the future and I think, you know, for anyone listening, look at those key experiences in your life and see what they're telling you because oftentimes there are these little gems, there are these little clues that point you to a greater purpose and also fun fact to come full circle with the pen story of getting my first client. I ended up snagging a husband the same way. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we just actually had our two-year anniversary last night. So oh, it was on my mind. I, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I met him at another, another coffee shop and he actually lent me a pen
0: because mine was out of ink. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. So. It's so funny how stories <laughs> come full circle.
1: I know. I didn't even realize it at the time until a couple years later. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect.
0: (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I love it. Well, let's dive in because I know everybody's dying to hear your answers to some of these questions about Instagram stories. Cause I know, you know, when Instagram stories rolled out, everybody thought it was this really cool new feature, but not a lot of people really thought about putting a strategy behind it. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's a really powerful resource to use for brands and businesses. So can you just first off kind of talk about why that is? Why is Instagram stories so powerful? You know, why would it be useful for your brand or your business? And why is it maybe even a little bit more powerful than your actual feed?
1: Yeah, that last point is a huge one, especially in 2019 and beyond. So nowadays, I think it was June last year, Instagram announced that they hit 1 billion users on the platform. And around that time, they also said they had 400 million people on stories every day. They actually sneakily and quietly updated that number on their website. They didn't make an announcement, but I noticed it because I'm on their website far too often at their business blog. And in January, just a couple of months ago of 2019, they updated that to 500 million users on stories. So that's exactly half of the users on the platform are using stories every single day. And I have seen an uptick just in even the last six months of the amount of people engaging on that part of the platform. And I actually took a poll of my own audience because I wanted to get a feel for where they were spending time on the platform. And when I asked them this, I said, what was my question? I said, do you spend more time viewing content on stories or the regular feed? And I thought it might be more like 50-50, but about 300 people answered and 75% of them say they spent more time on stories. And I think that's because, and I did follow up with some questions to see why, and they had answered, it feels more authentic. It feels more in the moment. And one of my favorite answers was, it feels less Algorithmy, if that's a word, it feels a little bit more spontaneous. And I think people are really resonating with this part of the platform um, more than ever before. So it's essential that anyone using Instagram for more than personal reasons, for more than taking selfies and posting your photos of your lunch today, even though you can do that for a business, you have to have some kind of simple strategy for Instagram stories as well as your feed, because they do complement each other. And what I'm seeing more often than not is that there is a disconnect between the feed as well as stories. So having a cohesive strategy that can encapsulate the two is essential in 2019 and really beyond. I think we're going to see this part of the platform rise even more in prominence in the coming months.
0: I definitely agree. I know just for me myself, I know I'm using stories way more often than I did even last year. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm constantly seeing people who, you know, maybe can go a couple days without posting on their feed and yeah. their own stories nonstop. So I think it's definitely something every business should be utilizing. I think it's just one of those things where people aren't really sure how to use it other than, you know, like behind the scenes sort of shots and, you know, for what you just said, posting pictures of your lunch and things like that. And so <laughs> So I think, um, just developing that strategy is, is kind of difficult for some people because I know, you know, a social media strategy in general, there's so many different ways you can go with that and people mean so many different things. And so I think for something like Instagram stories where, It is kind of all over the place. You've got people posting behind the scenes shots of their businesses. You've got people selling their products. You've got people literally posting what they had for lunch or them waking up out of bed. I mean, you've you've got so many different things. So I think a lot of business owners are really struggling with actually putting a strategy together. So Mm -hmm. that kind of leads me into my next question. What do you feel like are the components of a good strategy specifically for Instagram stories? What does that include? How do you make that work? Uh, And what does that really look like for you and your clients?
1: Yeah, so I think to piggyback on what you're saying of stories feeling kind of like it can be all over the place, I think the one major part of developing a strategy for stories is to create an overarching vision statement for that part of the platform. So kind of coming up with your content ethos, you know, what is the main drive of your stories? And then you can get creative with the different formats to tell the story of that ethos. So to kind of break this down a little bit more specifically, I actually have three questions that I usually give to my clients. And oftentimes I ask this to myself every couple of months to make sure I'm in line. So the first question is, What does your audience care about? You know, what do they want to hear about? What are their values and what will they be interested in hearing? So you really have to dive deep into who your audience is, what their pain points are, who they're influenced by, and what they care about to hear about every single day. So that's the first question. The second one is what makes you unique? This is key both on the feed as well as stories on Instagram. I think we've seen all seen the hundreds of different accounts that look exactly the same. They have the same stock photos. There's not really anything tangible that makes them really stand out and make them really resonate with their target audience. So you have to look at your competitors, say, okay, what are they doing? How do, am I different and what can I offer that is more unique than they do? Not necessarily in a I'm better than you way, just how can you differentiate yourself? Like for me, for example, I'm a web designer. I'm also a digital strategist and I'm a speaker. Those things aren't unique, but who I am is. So I really looked at my personal differentiators. You know, I'm a city girl. I love color. I love murals. I love biking around my city. And I also am really interested in mindfulness and how we can become more mindful as entrepreneurs in order to create successful businesses. So yeah, I'm a designer. Yeah, I'm a strategist. But it's always encapsulated in this idea of mindful, purpose-driven entrepreneurship. So you have to look at yourself the same way is how can you find a differentiation that makes you stand out and also make sure that your content is centered around this core vision. So that's the second question. The third one I think is almost the most important and it's what does your brand stand for? What is the deeper mission? What is the deeper purpose and what is the value that drives and motivates what you do? This is key on Instagram because we're tired of bullshit. Hopefully I can say that on here. We're allergic to BS as people on Instagram, as consumers on Instagram. We can see right through it nowadays. We can see those influencers that are just trying to rack up likes to get these sponsored posts and we're over it, right? So what we need to do is get to the root of really what we offer. For me, it's helping people uncover their purpose and bringing it to life through their business. I have another client who, she's an artist, she's a teacher, and she leads workshops and retreats in these beautiful locations like Costa Rica and Oaxaca, Mexico, and her deeper purpose is to help empower women to step into their full creative expression. I have another client, she's an adventure coach. So she actually leads women on these hikes and backpacking retreats and helps to use the wilderness to empower them and transform them. So you have to really find what is that deeper purpose of your brand and then how can you thread that through every single piece of content, whether it's on the feed, whether it's on your stories and tell the story of your purpose creatively in different formats. So I think the long answer, that's a long answer. The short answer is your story ethos, your content ethos lies at the intersection of these three questions. What does your audience care about? What makes you unique? And what does your brand stand for? From there, once you get that figured out, then you get to have fun. Then you get to decide how to tell the story. And there's so many formats now that Instagram gives us. We've got day in the life. We can do event recaps, we can do boomerangs, we can do repurposing of our blog. But first and foremost, you have to have that strong strategic foundation and understanding of who you are as a brand and what you have to offer. I hope that answers it, Haley. <laughs>
0: it does. It really does. Yeah. And that, that was great. I love that you broke down all of these different aspects of what really goes into a good strategy because I think that's what's missing The Mm -hmm. conversation is people want to talk about a social media strategy, and they're like, "Oh, you need one, you need one," but nobody ever actually tells you what it is. So I love, I love that you broke it down and you said, "Okay, these are the three questions you have to answer," and when you answer them, you're going to have a strategy from there. So I love that. It was a great answer. It was perfect. And I, I think, and you can kind of tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, but I feel like most people are answering one or two of those questions. And not all three. And that's where they're kind of missing the mark a little bit. Because as you were talking, I was thinking like, you know, I know some people who kind of get on stories and they just post more about their own brand and about themselves, but they're forgetting what their audience is asking for. And then I know people who are solely posting what their audience is asking for, but they're almost forgetting that it's still their brand and their business. And it's about who they are as a person. And so I love what you said about it's the place where those three questions intersect because I think that's where the strategies are kind of missing the mark a little bit. It's just people are forgetting to actually put all three of those answers together and they're really kind of only focusing on one or two of them.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And I actually used to teach, I was director of marketing at a digital marketing agency for five years. And so I would travel all over the country teaching a content marketing workshop. It was actually a half day workshop. I was always so tired. I couldn't wait for a glass of wine after, but it was great because it was really content marketing 101, which is what you're talking about. And I'm still shocked to see everyone across the gamut of industries and scales of business from an entrepreneur, solopreneur, all the way to enterprise level clients I've worked with that don't get this idea is that content marketing is not about you. And I know that sounds simple, but it it isn't. It's about your audience. It's about what do they value? How can you provide relevant, useful information that helps them and doesn't sell to them? At the same time, it's about finding that balance you just talked about. It's not 100% just about them, it's about how you can help them do whatever it is you're trying to help them to do. And I think that's, that's a missing link is you can answer these three questions but then if you either jump right into formats without understanding that it's not just about talking about yourself or it's not just about listening to your audience and giving them what they want, it's about finding that balance. If you miss that, then your Instagram stories and your Instagram just is going to fall flat. And I think another point about this is I, whenever I teach about Instagram marketing, I always share a definition and the definition comes from my experience with content marketing of so many brands. Thinking it's just all about them. And that's sales. That's not marketing. So my definition is Instagram marketing is an interactive experience of your brand that is a creatively presented and b strategically planned in order to, and this is the most important in order to build a relationship with your audience. It's not about selling. It's about helping. It's about understanding what your audience needs and fleshing out a creative story that engages them and interacts them in order to build a relationship. Because relationships are really what digital marketing is built on. And also, by the way, you need to move people off Instagram. I know we're talking about Instagram, but you, your relationships will be at the whim of every algorithm changes that Instagram implements and they do it all the time. We've seen it in the past six months. It's why Instagram stories is most popular right now. And you don't want Mark Zuckerberg to own all your followers. You need to look at strategies on how you can take that relationship you've initiated on Instagram and move it off the platform into your email into channels that you own. I really can't emphasize this enough because Instagram is really the top of the funnel to capture the most and cast the whitest net of people. And you have to always look at opportunities of how to nurture that relationship elsewhere. Otherwise it's not a marketing channel. It's just pretty pictures.
0: I 100% agree with you. And I think we tend to forget i think we get so caught up in getting the the follower number to go higher and the likes to go higher and more views on the stories and all of those things and we tend to forget that you don't always have to sell because if you just build that relationship that you were talking about eventually you will sell right, right. i think everybody tends to forget like when you go to buy from somebody you're probably not going to buy from somebody that you know absolutely nothing about. And so if I follow somebody on Instagram and all they do is pitch to me constantly then I'm probably more likely to hit unfollow than I am to buy. And Mm so I I think it's the same concept with stories. Like you said, you can't sell all the time. You've got to really focus on nurturing that relationship, but also remembering that it's your brand and your business. And you've got to kind of stick to what your brand was built on and what your principles are and, you know, who you are and really kind of show your audience who you are so that you're connecting with the right people.
1: Absolutely. And I think what you're what you're saying too, is you need to align your smaller data points with the larger goals. And I think, you know, the things like followers, the things like, uh, people viewing your story, those are important only if they support your larger goals. Um, cause otherwise they're just vanity metrics. You know, like I don't work with influencers. I don't work with bloggers that that's their sole thing. I'm not saying I'm discounting them, but I work with people who are trying to build a business and using Instagram as a marketing channel in order to support that. And whenever I teach on this, I usually show you know a big arrow with a bunch of little arrows within it. And if you're just focusing on the vanity metrics, then all the little arrows in that big arrow are pointing all wonky this way and that. And really your goal is to have all those arrows in the big arrow, all the little ones, Pointing in the same direction with your larger goal and usually if you're using Instagram marketing to support a business That larger goal is to get more business is to fuel the business Uh, And you want to make sure that all those little vanity metrics all those little KPIs and data points are only working to point and move and resonate with those larger goals
0: Definitely so so true this is so good. <laughs> so just sort of a fun question. Yeah. I, I kind of thought of this as we were talking, but do you have any, I guess, advice or ideas on how to really get creative with your stories? Cause I know you said that earlier, you know, once you have yeah. those three questions and you kind of have a strategy, then it's time to get creative. But what about for the people who aren't so creative? Do you have some ideas for them on, cause I know a lot of people you know, they'll talk about Instagram stories. And for example, I have a lot of wedding planner friends who Mm -hmm. they're like, well, all I know to do is show like behind the scenes of our weddings. I'm like, no, there's so much more you can do. So do you have some just ideas on how to kind of spark that creativity?
1: Yeah, well, you have to have fun. I do think answering those questions first and foremost are vital, but then you just get to play. And I think Instagram is one of the best platforms to test things out for at least a year before I started teaching Instagram stories I was just playing around. I saw what worked what didn't work what people really resonated with and what just fell flat So I think you have to just kind of get out of the habit of thinking you have to get it right because with Instagram and especially with stories Honestly, with everything, there's no right or wrong, just what works or what doesn't work. So to get creative, start playing with all the tools that are available to you. I'm actually looking at a slide from one of my presentations with like 20 tools that I have in a checklist. Like for for example, recently I've been playing with this tool called Pixel Loop, which is super cool. You can animate parts of your photos. There's also this tool called clip where you can use subtitles on your text. So if you're talking on the story, it will actually transcribe it right there. You can use story uh, tools like a design kit or Unfold. There's just so many tools out there that will help spark some creativity as long as it's aligned with those three questions. And I will say, when you're thinking about stories, you want to think about the different formats that will help flesh out the universe of that story. So instead of just talking at the camera for 10 slides, which I see a lot of people do, and I'd love to know what their drop-off rate is on their story views. Because like, whenever I do that, I, I get like half the people watching at the end that, at, or at the beginning. So instead, start to mix up the format. So maybe you're going to pop in a talking head video. Then the next one's going to be a boomerang. And then the next one might be a cool hyperlax. And then you might come back and do a talking head. So you don't want to just tell the story in one format. You want to have fun with it because that's what keeps people engaged and that's what keeps them tapping through your stories. So I guess to get creative, just have fun, understand what your main topic buckets are. I'm working with a client right now. She's a yoga teacher and health coach in Washington, D.C. So we've been mapping all the different topics that she can discuss, which then really helps her wrap her mind around, okay, today I'm going to do a health coaching story. Tomorrow I'm going to do a yoga story. Maybe next week I'm going to give a nutrition tip. And from there, she can just start to get creative with how to tell those stories because she already knows what content buckets will help support her overarching story
0: ethos. I hope that helps. It definitely does. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Those are great tips because I think And I know this is definitely true for me. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm sure other people can relate to this. I know, especially when I first started out with using Instagram stories, it was definitely more of, you know, I'd put down the camera and I, I just sit in front of it and I would talk and I would do exactly what you just said. I'd talk for like 10 different stories. And then I was like, why are people not listening after the first five? (laughs) So I think it's definitely just like you said, remembering to just have fun because I feel like we, you know, yeah, you're using social media for your business and your brand but it's still social media. You've got to right. get on there and be social. If you're not social on social media, then what's the point? So, it's a novel idea. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So those were great tips. I love it.
1: Yeah, and I will say, the part of that definition I shared earlier is that Instagram marketing is an interactive experience, and I truly believe that stories is the perfect kind of a fulfillment of that. But this is where you can interact with your audience more directly than any other part of the platform or honestly any other platform out there. So use your opportunities like stickers, like ask questions, ask polls, put the little uh, I don't even know what they call it the slider where you can do it from hot to cold. These are all great ways to keep people tapping through your content and also directly interacting with it, which makes that relationship just
0: that much easier to build. Yes. Definitely. This was so good. I'm so excited. Oh, good. <laughs> I cannot wait for everybody to hear all of this because I am so stoked about this. Oh, good. Yeah, I could talk about this all day.
1: And, you know, I also have probably listened to and watched and signed up for all the courses. And although some of them have been helpful, they're often taught by fashion models or photographers who built their audience five years ago when the algorithm was chronological. And They also aren't necessarily supporting a business. Maybe they built a business off of what they've done. But I think there needs to be more just realistic marketing conversations about Instagram because I think oftentimes when we just listen to people who built their 10,000, 20,000 followers five years ago, it's not relevant to entrepreneurs in today.
0: That's so true, and I constantly am telling people that. I, they're like, "Oh, well, this person has a hundred thousand followers," and I'm like, "Yeah, but they got them forever ago, and it was different then." It's kind of like it's right. kind of like hearing your parents talk about like, "Well, back in my day," because you're like, "Yeah, well, it was different back in your day." So yeah, yeah, and it's just looking at the social proof, which is obviously
1: important. But you know, like for me, I don't even have ten thousand followers, but. I get new clients from Instagram every month. Right. And that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. It matters if that's what your goal is, which I'm guessing most people have seen to your podcast. That is their goal.
0: A hundred percent. Yes, for sure. Well, this has been so awesome. So at the end of every episode, I do a quick little lightning round and these are just fun questions that we're all curious about. So are you ready? I am so ready. Awesome. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Oh, I
1: have a morning ritual where I meditate for 15 minutes. It sets my day on the right foot and I clear my mind before I start working and then tea and then bagels.
0: I love it. I love people that can get up and have this nice, pretty, organized morning routine because that is so not me. And I wish it was.
1: (laughs) You know, I wouldn't say it's pretty or organized. Some days I'd miss it. And then my brain is definitely not pretty or organized, but that's why I do my morning ritual.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. What is the last book that you read?
1: Oh, I actually just got back from my book club this weekend. We did a road trip to San Diego and we read a book called Educated. I believe it's by Tara Westover. Fascinating book about a girl, a woman who grew up in a apocalyptic family in, I think, Iowa, who never went to school, but who educated herself, went on to Cambridge, Harvard, and just it's a memoir. It's about her life and her journey towards really understanding the world. And I absolutely recommend
0: it and loved it. That's awesome. That sounds so cool. I'll have to look that one up. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) What is one item or product that you recommend to everyone? So it can be anything.
1: Oh, um, item or can I do an Instagram thing since that's sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: So, uh, I use a scheduling tool called later. Are you familiar with it?
0: Yes, yes. So I
1: highly recommend it. They have free versions. I have a paid version just cause it gives me a lot more features, but if you're serious about Instagram, if you're serious about Instagram marketing, you have to use a dedicated Instagram tool because uh, like Hootsuite, Buffer, they are not built for Instagram, whereas Later was literally designed for the platform. So I, that's like, I can't live without it. I just published a blog post on it this morning, and I absolutely recommend it for anyone listening to this
0: Yes. That's awesome. I'm a huge advocate for planning out your Instagram. So I I 100% agree. I think that was a great choice.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. I just published a blog post on how I batch my Instagram content for two weeks in about one hour, um, a step-by-step process using that tool. So it's definitely possible if you have A, a strategy, B, plenty of content, and a couple hours on a weekend.
0: So in other words, you guys, if you're listening to this, you should go check out Quinn's blog because there's a lot of very helpful information on there. Yes, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) All right. Last question. What is your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Oh my gosh.
1: You know, the one that comes to mind is one that I've been talking a lot about lately with People on Instagram, my clients, uh, especially when we're talking about uncovering what your purpose is, and it's by Steve Jobs. He said, you can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can looking backwards. And I think, you know, to kind of go back to my personal story, looking back on my journey and connecting those dots, I now see the stronger and greater purpose that those experiences held for me. And now I know that sometimes when I'm in a bad situation in the present, it doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I know that there's likely a lesson in it and that it's only helping me grow into a better person and to bring my own purpose to life. I may not know it at the time, but I will be able to connect those dots in, in the future. So I think that one's just resonant for me right now. And hopefully for anyone listening to this who's really trying to get clear on what their greater purpose is, what it is their brand stands for, and, and to be able to look back and reflect back on their own experiences in the past.
0: I like that one. That one's so good. Good. <laughs> that was good. I like it. So tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, social media, give them all the things.
1: Yeah, well, obviously Instagram is where I'm hanging out most of the time. I'm very active on stories. So you can find me at Quinn.Tempest. Uh, I am there all the time. And my website has a blog. Where I update quite regularly with both Instagram content, purpose content, entrepreneurship stuff. So that's just quintempest.com.
0: Awesome. Well, Quinn, seriously, thank you so much because this was so good. And I know everybody listening is going to probably run straight to Instagram and start implementing some of the strategies that you were talking about because I definitely think this is a hot topic right now. And there's definitely not enough conversation around it. So I'm so excited that we had you on to share your expertise and just really help everybody out with this platform that we all love and hate at the same time.
1: <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for having me and for having a really good chat about the best platform in the world.
0: That's it for this time, ladies. But if you have just a minute, it would make my day if you would write a review and share how much you love this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the best of the best. If you're not already subscribed to the newsletter, or following along on Instagram, you can find me at Haley Luckadoo on all social media and at HaleyLuckadoo.net for this episode's show notes, the blog, the shop, and pretty much all the good stuff. I'll be bringing you a new episode very soon, but until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.